Good morning, everyone. This episode, we're going to be talking about negative gearing. Stay tuned. Coming up next. Oh, wrong button. <laughs> Negative yeah. episode 299. Welcome, Mark. Wow. How are you? Yeah, we're trumping it up. Who's trumping winning winning or losing? Oh, it's probably 50-50. It's literally a toy cost. It is. It's a toy cost. Trump has to win. This morning. Trump has to win Pennsylvania and uh, Arizona, but there are still a lot of votes to be counted. For example, Arizona, uh, Biden's winning by... 60,000 votes, but apparently there's still 600,000 votes to count. Um, Pennsylvania, Trump was up 700,000 last night, and then he's only up 400,000 now. I saw on Twitter they're claiming victory, not sure if that's legit yet. But then there was some um, interesting stuff overnight where he was winning uh, Michigan and Wisconsin, but then apparently all the votes are supposed to be at one place at one time, and then they count them, but 130,000. 130,000 votes in both states just appeared saying, hey, we had these votes and 100% of them, not one was for Trump. So there's a lot of stuff that could be actually dragged out in courts for a long time. This happened 20 years ago with Florida and um, George Bush. It took six weeks to sort out. So we may know today, we may not know for a month, but... um, You know what I I looked at? You know what I looked at? That Mr. Biden won't be by the time he finishes his presidency. If he wins, he'll be eighty-one. <laughs> yeah, he'll. Um, I don't think he'll last six months. He won't do more than six months. There's huge corruption scandals under his name, which was neglected, and um, obviously he's uh, cognitive. So bunch. it's all a sham. Anyway, let's anyway, talk about something that's gearing. <laughs> yeah, we're really passionate about. And um, people, guys and girls, everyone uh, has grown up hearing the word negative gearing, negative gearing, negative gearing, negative gearing. Uh, occasionally, people have heard the word positively gearing, and we wanted to give you a five-minute tour around the words negative gearing, what those words actually mean, and uh, how it actually works in property. Uh, We're obviously on the northern beaches of Sydney, and how it works with some actual properties, some real numbers to show you for dummies, negative gearing. It will make you uh, a very, very nice uh, lifestyle and retirement if you negatively gear well. Over to you, Birch. Yeah, so I'm just bringing up just a quick uh, what is negative negative gearing first. Um, so what is negative gearing? Ne- negative gearing is when you borrow money to invest into an asset, usually property, and the income you make from that investment, i.e. the rent is, I'm just reading from another screen, that's what my eyes are wondering, uh, is rent is less than your expenses that you're that meaning that you're making a loss now you probably think to yourself well that's bad like why would you why would you buy something if you're going to lose money we're not talking about capital growth which is the asset going up in value we're just talking basically income versus outgoings is probably the simplest way to look at it now actually that's a good point 
that's a good point, guys and girls. Just you've yep. got to remember this. There's two ways to make money on property. Exactly what you just said, Michael. We're going to put aside the growth of the property. So if the property goes from 500000 to 600000 that's called capital growth. We're not going to talk about capital growth today. We're going to talk about just dealing with the income per year and how that is how that isolates over to yep. negative gearing or sometimes positive the gearing um yeah and while you talk about that i'm just going to bring up this cool property analysis we did on our last end of month statement so go through why people would buy something that's negative mark okay so basically when you own a property uh in the course of a year you will have to pay bills you'll have to pay interest you'll have to pay strata uh, for maintaining the building, uh, water for water to the building, council for rubbish collection uh, and, you know, council contributions to keep that facility or principality, principality running. So what you do is look at all the negative costs in the property and what and the obvious positive in the property is rent. I think it's the only positive that you're going to get out of it. So mm. if, for example, um, your rent is 20000 per year and then your strata, water, council and interest are 22,000 per year, then you are negatively, you're negative, full stop. In the, after the year's finished, you're down. You're down how much? You're down 2K. You had 20 coming in and you had 22 going out. Interest, strata, water, council, 22 going out. You are down $2,000. Now, in Australia, and we're one of the only countries in the world that do this, we reward you for the loss. The actual the actual government turns around and says, you lost $2,000 on property, you poor thing. We're gonna make, we're gonna help make that up. We're gonna share that loss with you. And that's, that's negatively geared. So then you can gear that $2,000 loss. Now we're not giving you financial advice here, but we're just no. explaining 101 with what we see a lot of our landlords do and people getting into property do. Michael? Yeah, and that's exactly right. And where it can be very beneficial um, when you make renovations on the property that comes off. So you may see someone, let's say their property is positive because we want to get into that where the market is at the moment. Um, let's say your property is positive, but you need to do new carpet and paint. That will count very, the counts virtually the same as a water bill. So then your outgoings go up and it could be turned negative. So you could have positive cash flow improve your property, then it's a negative. The benefit of the negative part really comes to your tax portion. So that's why you need to speak to your accountant just to see how that would work. So when you sort of think, well, why would I want a negative property? Yes, the government reward you, well, you're sort of rewarded, but how? It's really with your tax brackets. For example, let's say you're earning 100 grand a year and if and you get taxed 40%, I know these are wrong, but principle, uh, you earn 100 grand a year and you get taxed 40%. Let's say if you if your income was 98,000, you get taxed 30%. If your property loses two grand, it goes under, like that will help. So that's where people are okay. happy to buy So just, just, just can we freeze it for that for a sec on that again, just, just drill down on that example. So guys and girls, if you remember two minutes ago, I gave you the example, you've got 20 grand of rent coming into your property and you've got 22 grand of strata water council interest paying for that one year. Now using your example, Michael, of someone that's earning 
hundred thousand dollars, say they are paying thirty-eight cents in a dollar tax. Mm. Okay, now that two grand that you've lost, that's you can the uh, the Australian government allows you to negatively gear. They allow you to gear that loss, and what that exactly means is thirty-eight cents in a dollar you will get back of those $2,000. So you're potentially going to get 7600 $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $
why we talk, talked about the negative gearing mainly when properties are positive geared, the, one of the, I think the biggest messages out of this show is there's a lot of properties, like we manage nearly the most on the northern beaches, just shy of 1,500 properties or 1,500, and a lot of them are unrenovated. They've owned them for a long time. They haven't, they've almost, like, it's your biggest ass, asset and it gets neglected if you look at how often people clean their cars and that. So now is a perfect time to go, look at that apartment. You're up 15 grand a year, put $5,000 back into the property, get a higher rent, get a better tenant, re-jig re your property. I think now, out of any time owning a property, it's really invest, invest back into it. Yeah, that it's and it also means um, because what's happening now is the great news with with Northern Beaches property. I think property in my, a lot of most of Sydney and in Australia, it's generally now. It used to be always negatively geared, but yeah. now what? And and I know today is purely just about negative gearing, negative gearing. But when you are making more money per year than you are spending per year, that's when you're in positive territory. You have to pay tax on that profit that you make. You're in profit. But when you're in negative, Good point. Uh, when you're in the negative, the government's going to be going to share that loss with you. Um, and with these current interest rates, it's pretty hard to be negative these days, but it's actually not a bad bad thing. And my outlook, what, what, what's your outlook, Michael, on the on interest rates the next couple of years? I believe uh, depend. I believe at least for a year it should stay good. I don't think our economy and, and gut people like having this low interest rates on what it represents for our general economy. But I think yep. while we don't have immigration, while we don't have big education, while we don't have tourism externally coming in, I think we're, it's going to stay like this. But once the other economies get bigger, rates will go back up. Just to beat, like, put it this way, if we're at this level and something happens again we can't go lower so you want a bit of a buffer a healthy economy is my view but i heard a really good stat i was chatting with someone yesterday and he said australians spend more when we say no tourism and this is why i bring this up just a bit of confidence for our economy um tourism apparently uh, it's uh and we spend more overseas than people spend in australia so if we don't have people going overseas then they could be spending it in Australia, which is great for our economy. People may buy holiday homes just for that local environment for our retail and commercial businesses out there, which was very interesting. I haven't verified it, but came from a pretty reliable guy. So I reckon that's pretty good. But I reckon rates will stay like this while the rest of the economy is slow, especially when they want to bump up construction and fast track DAs. Like you need to have the, the you need people buying. If you want to inject thousands of units across Australia and new homes, you need to have the buyers there. And if if other sources are low, you've got to make money cheaper to buy. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, if there was a stat that said average incomes went down 10% for people. Well, if that happened, then you need to make the money cheaper for people to still buy a home, if you still want them to buy homes and build. And I think they do because we need that to keep going, is my view. What's yours? I agree, man. I just think, you know, it's, and, and again, there was similar, I saw some similar data come through. G'day, Amal. G'day, Luke. I saw some um, 
uh, similar data come through on the spend on, on our habits and the spending, and it's it's pretty exciting that we're dwelling that we're pulling that money into our own economy. It's great. Um, hey, before we before before we roll out, I just wanted to say um, thank you to everyone for your support. I had a huge, I had a very nice person contact me yesterday from Queensland. Um, now, guys and girls, something that got me is real estate agents are watching this show. So how powerful is it that consumers like buyers, sellers, renters and landlords can watch this show and learn? Even real estate agents are learning from this show. Uh, um, gentleman from Queensland that I spoke with yesterday was saying he's been watching us for almost 12 months now and his business has he's, – has, he's built – his business on the back of things that we're doing and advice that we're that we're giving so on occasions, yeah. and I was like, "What? A, what?" It was just so complete. It was so complimentary, and, and you don't feel like that you have that value, but we're offering so much value that even real estate agents are employing that value in their businesses. Um, never mind buyers or sellers, renters. I love that. Feel free to call me next time. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, no, and Mark, thank you. give Michael a call and give him a, give him a compliment. Um, the best. But yeah, yeah. And to answer you know what? It's, question, it's, it's cool. Yeah, thank you. And to answer Anne Miles' question, what's better, negative and positive? Obviously, it's. Killer question. Killer yeah. question. Killer my, question. It's, my, a, it's a double edged sword. Yeah. You go first and I'll say mine. Yep. It's a double-edged sword because, and Mal, I, I, and you've re- and everyone, you've really got to be careful about this. Property has property has always performed. I've always bagged out of Sydney properties because they have good rental return and bad capital growth. What does that mean? What that means is Sydney used to record a four or five percent rental return on the value of the property and Sydney used to report a 10% capital growth. If you add five percent to ten percent, that's a 15, 15% you're making on your money. Now what happened was out of Sydney generally used to do six or seven percent. Everyone was attracted to the rental return. Hey, I'm gonna buy out of Sydney because it's got a better rental return. But what everyone missed was out of Sydney was doing 5% capital growth. So you were getting 6% for your rental return, but you were only getting 5% for your capital growth, how much your property went up. Now that adds up to 11. Tell me, when you're investing $100,000, do you want 11% or do you want 15%? So to answer your question, Anmal, on you know, should people chase the uh the positive, ret- the positive return or the negative return, they should p- chase a combination of income, be it positive or negative, income and capital growth because capital growth is going to 2x, almost 2x your income. So it's okay to be negative, negative, uh, posi- positively returned or negative returned, but please don't forget about your capital growth return. Yeah, and I think you smashed it there with the combination because let's face it. Of of obviously you would uh, well, you would you would think it's you would prefer to have everything positive because if things are tough, let's say your income stops, your salary stops, then your property is paying for itself. You don't have that pressure. 
Um, but then, yes, if that positive comes at the negative of capital growth, then you may need to look at it. And same with negative growth, just because it's negative and you've got to put a bit of money in to own that property, one, there's ta good tax benefits, but two, it may come with great capital growth. I feel you would, you, ne you, ne you need and want a combination of both. I believe the most successful people in property have a big combination of both. Um, and that can sometimes be in commercial property v residential. So I, I just think a good combination of both. If I was leaning towards you only could buy one property, uh, then you may want it. You want to play that long game um, with more whatever has more capital growth. So if it is negative cash flow, then take it because over 10, 20, 40, 50 years, that f extra 5% in capital growth will really compound. But if you're going to have a multiple property portfolio, have a look at both because if you've got one, having one property negative $200 a week is okay if you can afford it. But if you have six properties all negative and they all have maintenance, it could really put a burden on it because let's face it, you can't cash out capital growth. It's there to you sell and you don't That's want true. to sell. Yes, you can redraw like I get all that, but it's like a, it's like shares. One, when it goes up, like it's not, you can't touch it. You can't use it. It can't be your payday next week where positive cash flow can. So a combination of both. And if you do get a good positive and a good negative, it will counteract itself. And then you've got two properties with capital growth. So I think really look at it holistically. Um, but if I had to choose one property, I'll choose one that's negative with capital growth for long haul. But once you get into multiple properties, you really need to switch on. That's a show. That's a show. Thank you, everyone. Cheers. We'll be Woo. back tomorrow See morning. You, there. Bye. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye-bye.